Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today. Helping you to walk into your purpose. Tonight's conversations are about how to get your business funded. You may not need it today, but hopefully one day as you grow your business, you will need to get some financial assistance. Tonight you will hear two interviews about how to get your business funded. The first one is with Rhonda Novak of Chiron Bay. Her mission is to help you get prepared for funding. The second interview is with Stephanie Bolden of Lift Fund, one of the micro lenders that is positioned to work with startup and small emerging businesses. Listen closely to what these interviews have to say, and you'll have a better understanding of how to get funding for your business. You may also go to www.catbuildertalk.com to listen to many other great interviews and information about how to start and grow your business. This is Mark Parham, and I look forward to our next encounter. You are listening to the Cap Builder Radio Network, helping you build the capacity to change your life. News, information, and commentary on the world of small business, our community, and our health and wellness, giving you the information you need to live a balanced, empowered life. Check out our great show lineup at www.capbuilderradionetwork.com. Getting one of these loans is not so much going to the right lender, it's getting prepared for it. So my next guest I'm going to bring in is Ms. Rhonda Novak. She does something similar to what I do. She prepares people for funding. But I think she's a little harder than I am. You know, I listen to this young lady talk. She's just breaking it down for real, though. Okay. You know, so Ms. Rhonda, welcome to the show. How are you doing this evening? I am doing absolutely fabulous, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! <laughs> you know, a rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, it's a rock and roll. So let's, let's talk for a minute. You heard, you know, what, you know, Stephanie was talking about lending, and you and I both work in a lot. Well, you know what? Let me let you introduce yourself and your company, okay. and then we'll get into our conversation. So this is the fabulous... Money Woman, I'm known as Rhonda Novak, and the name of my company is Chiron Bay. Chiron is Greek, and Bay is Korean, and together it means inspired wise advisor. I absolutely love, 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 love doing financials and helping entrepreneurs get prepared to access capital. So that's what we do, and that's who I am. All right. So you said something that's very interesting. You love doing financials. Yes. I I don't think I hear that too often, uh, right. you know, and that's why when you said it in the workshop, that, that's what I do. I don't love doing it, but I do. That's what people come to me for. But let's talk about that. I mean, 
Well, I'm a little nerdy, okay, Mark? I'm a little nerdy, and I'm number-oriented, I'm right-brained, and very linear in my thinking. So math people, Mm -hmm. engineers, scientists are all 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. My creative people are yellow, 16, 85, green. So they don't think as linear as I do. And because I'm linear, I love things to make sense, and I love logic. You're having Mm -hmm. to put puzzle together or put numbers together, that's something that I do very naturally, and it's just my swim lane. I love it. <laughs> a little wow. weird, but that's me. So, yeah, that's okay. But if it's helping it's help people get funded, that's, that's all right. So tell me this. I have then. done that. So what, yes. so what kind of people come to you? So who comes, what, what do your clients look like? Um, I've had all could, kinds. I've had those guys going for investor capital, those guys that are, going for commercial lending, and commercial lending is a little different than investor lending, and I don't know if we have time in the scope of the show to to go through both. Um, When I prepare clients um, for either type of um, capital, it looks a little bit different if you're going for investor funding because there's so many um, different variables on that side, but it's, it's pretty close to the commercial lending folks in that you still need the same kind of information. And I pretty much reel my clients very, very um, much to get them to think about things in a way that is um, the way a bank or an investor would think about it. So, let's, yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's do them. Let's talk about investor lending. That, that's a lot of times people. That's a big. You know, everybody pretty much gets the whole bank thing. Let's talk about investor right. lending. You know, for the purpose of this conversation. Um, let's go down that path. I got a business. I've been in business three to five years. I'm doing maybe $250,000 a year, and I want to get some investment to grow. I maybe want to get another hundred grand or something like that. What happens? Mm-hmm. What, what do you do? So one of the you things what, that should... <laughs> you should what? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I should have lowered the amount. I shouldn't have said 250. I'm doing 150 grand a year, and I want to grow my business. So I need like a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and things like. that. Okay, so you wouldn't. It's not typical to go to an investor for something like that, um, because okay. you're, you're not looking to you're you're not looking to scale. So investors, and, and there are different types of investors. Mark, there are VCs, there are angels, there are equity mm-hmm. funds, and they all have different reasons for investing, and they all have sweet spots, and they're all very different in terms of the things that they want to fund. So that's the first piece is, first of all, to identify the right type of investor. If all you want to do is purchase equipment, you've got to go to a commercial lender because an investor doesn't care about that necessarily. That sounds very harsh, but nobody cares. An investor wants you to scale. There is no reason for them to invest a lot of money if you're not going to scale the business and they're not going to get their share back. just doesn't make sense. So they don't want pennies. They don't want interest that you can get from a bank. They don't want 15, 20, uh, 8%. They don't want those little numbers. They want big numbers. And they want big numbers on big money. So if $100,000 in equipment will only get you another two hundred, three hundred thousand $300,000 a year, move on. They're not interested. <laughs> so wow. the only time you're going to go for an investor um, is feel most of the time is you're going to scale. Angels may do some of that work for you. That's what we call seed funding. They're all different levels. It gets a little technical when you start dealing with some of the investor folks. But seed funding is just startup stuff. You haven't made any money yet. This guy that you just gave me, he's got 150000 He has what we call in the venture world as um, proof of concept. That's it. <laughs> 
So it just means the idea will work, but they're more interested, again, in scaling. That means becoming really big, multi-billion, multi-million dollar business, not just growing another 5 or 10% over the next few years. That's not what they look for. Wow. So scalability is key over what Absolutely. period of time? I mean, like, I mean you know, should they give you the money? It, well, mm-hmm. and usually, even if you're going to get big investment capital, they don't give you that much up front. So you might need a million dollars. But what's important to an investor is your team, who you are, and what the product is, and if it's their sweet spot. So more than likely, if you're going to look for investor capital, you if your concept is technical, then mm-hmm. investors don't really invest in things that they don't know about. So if they're a technology equity firm, technology VC, then they know what they're looking for, and they'll have their own terms. They may say they want you to be able to make a profit or X amount of dollars in five years or three years, or they want first round, second round. And all this gets technical to the standpoint of seed capital is different than first round, first round is different than second round. It gets harder with certain investors as you go up the ladder because every round you have to buy out the round before. <laughs> so those guys don't want to get cheated on wow. the second round because they don't want to have to buy out too much on the backhand side. It depends on how many investors you already have in your company, how your company is structured, how much money you're making, who your team is. It's, again, very different wow. from commercial lending wow. that commercial lenders don't look at all that. <laughs> investors are a lot of Mm-hmm. Now, when I watch Shark Tank and shows like that, I never see them invest in service businesses. The only thing really investors are interested in is really product businesses because products are scalable. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So there are some service companies. There are consulting companies that have gone public. Um, you've got your KPMG, mm-hmm. your EMY. Those guys are public. They're doing billions of dollars of sales every year. So it is possible to take a service company public or even get capital funding from it, but those are um, special cases. You're like, again, your proof of concept, your revenue model has to really be on point. You have to have something usually unique, and you have to find the investor bank or equity fund that will want that particular type of business that they know a lot about it. And that's the key is what I'm saying is investors typically go after what they know about. So if you notice on Shark Tank, gotcha. those guys won't fool with things that they don't know about. Right, 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 right. Okay, so in that case, most of us are going to be going to the bank then. So right. let's talk about bank lending <laughs> and micro lending and places like uh, let's take right. all the investors they got on the table. Because I hear people right. all the time talk about getting investors, but let's talk, right. let's talk about you know uh, lending then, straight up lending. So right. what's the deal on that? So with with lending, what I like to tell my clients is you really it's a good idea whether you're going investor or commercial lending to understand what how much you need. And that was um, stated uh, by your guest earlier, um, Stephanie. Yes, Stephanie. She said that Stephanie. she, she really know. wants to know how much you want to need. Sometimes what, with young investors, and when I say young, I don't mean necessarily age. I just mean the age of the company, not the, um, not the entrepreneur. They think that, you know, I think I need – $200,000 because I'm going to buy this piece of equipment and then I need a little marketing money. But truly, they don't really understand how to assess all of their needs when you look at growing a business. It's not just you need this piece of equipment. It could be that you need additional support staff 
to be able to take on additional business. It could be that you're not going to start, even though you get this equipment today, you're not going to be able to grow bigger for another eight months, which means you've got to take on additional um, expenses until you get to a certain point. Mm. So what I teach my client base is how to look at numbers very specifically for what they're doing in their business. It could be that you need a lot more or a lot less, but unless you get into your Mm -hmm. financials, what you're currently spending and what the projection is and how much you think this equipment is actually going to increase your business, given the fact that you have competitors, given the fact that you've got to now market this additional growth, it's still things that have to happen, that have to happen that's related to this growth. And, oh, yeah, by the way, every dollar you make costs a dollar. So if you are going to grow your revenue, you're going to grow your expenses. Let's just make sure we keep them in proportion. So I teach my clients to have a budget, and to understand what that budget means and why it's important to manage from the paper. Why is it important to look at numbers every single month to see what is the revenue, to see what did you forecast? Did you make the budget or did you not and why not? So it's easy to catch um, if you have employees. You can catch thievery, um, embezzlement, all kinds of things if you're watching your numbers. If you're not, it will be a long time before you know the guy's taking hot dogs out the back door because you're not looking at your numbers, you're paying the invoices, but you don't know that somebody's stealing from you because you had a budget of $10,000 a month, but you're spending 20000 and you don't know why. So if you see that gap, then there's something wrong. So when I'm going through numbers uh, with a client, and if they have an established business, then I go through the old numbers and I project the future numbers. If there's no number history at all, then we start going through assumptions based on what we know about the industry, what we know about where the business is going to operate, how much marketing is going to go into that business, how many people are going to work in the business, is there a payroll, how many expenses, do you have overhead, do you have a computer, do you have bank? Stop, stop, please stop, stop, please stop. No, no more, no more,
she didn't really realize how much money she could make because she knew how much she had made at the previous practice. Click, 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 she's only one doctor. So you're only open so many hours. So you can't work. So so see how your revenue is now capped by how many hours you're Mm -hmm. open. And don't forget, you got Mm -hmm. part of this business going to weight loss. So I had her revenue down based on seeing clients at 15-minute intervals. That's how I was able to forecast her revenue to tell her what she was able to do and seeing what was possible on her days off, on the days that she was able to do uh, her medical practice and then the weight loss practice. So there's so many pieces to um, putting together a good revenue model and getting my clients to understand that you will not make $100 million by yourself. <laughs> not only can you now, not. In order, to, <laughs> mm-hmm. in order to do this, they have to start out with the right kind of uh, record-keeping system. So they can't come to you after three or four years and say, let's start now. They really need to have started well, tracking they can. their, their funds. They can. They can? They okay. can. But what okay. happens is I charge right. them more because I have to now set that up. I have to now do what I call really uh, reconstruct their financials. It costs more because okay. if you're sloppy, right. then I have to go clean it up. And I'm going to reconcile okay. bank statements. So it's it's sloppy. Now, if they don't want to do that, then we start over with clean assumptions. But it's better to use the old financial records because I have a history of what the business has done, and it's easier to forecast based on what you know you've done as opposed to just creating those assumptions. Um, So I think it's risky not to go back and recreate. Um, You might as well pay the money you're going to pay one way or the other anyway. All right. All right. Well, we're coming down here. I want to Man, you got my hair spinning, and this is what I do. I for do. A I'm you sorry. Got me. I just... <laughs> <laughs> you got me going. <laughs> but you know what? The funny part is, is that no, it actually is. You know what I like? I like mm-hmm. when I see the client actually get it. Yeah. And the light bulb goes off, and they go yes. click. Yeah. I really like that when they see that when I show them how I'm doing their projections based on units. Uh, right. Like, how many cakes can you really sell this week? How many? Let's be right. realistic. Absolutely. How are you gonna, you need to sell 20 cakes this week. How many are you going to sell? Who are you going to sell them to? And they start right. going, wow, okay. Right. And not only how many cakes you sell, how much is it costing you to make those cakes? Everything, the box you put them in, the label, oh, the, everything. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But, we, so, we load those costs so up. Cost again. <laughs> yes. Load them good. So let's. I want you to tell everybody how to get in touch with you, and I'm going to ask you to give uh, your pearls of wisdom. So um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, and there's going to be a love-hate relationship at first. But I they know, will right? Go to love me. <laughs> they will learn to love me. Only you can yeah. find me at HyronBay.com. That's www.khi. R-O-N-B as in boy, A as in apple, E as in Edward, KyronBay.com. You can also reach me directly via phone 678-661-1860. One more time, 678-661-1860. And the pearls of wisdom is the more you know, the safer you feel. You just have more confidence about your business once you know the numbers. Managing from the paper is the way the big grown-up businesses do, and I love teaching entrepreneurs how to leave a legacy, and that's the only way to do it is to understand what you have and how to keep it. 
outstanding. Well, we definitely need... Dear John, I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to when you checked on me? I don't want to leave. But remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range today. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Cap Builder Talk with your host, Mark E. Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. Getting ready to start this conversation out tonight about getting funded. You know, one of the biggest things that's happening right now, especially if you've been in business, you know, one to three years, it's time to grow. And in order to grow, you need funding. You know, where you get that funding from can be from micro lenders, can be from a bank, from friends and family. But you have to get ready for it. So tonight we're going to have two conversations. We're going to have a conversation first with Stephanie Bolden from Lift Fund. She's going to talk about what her organization does to try to help you get funding and what you have to go through to do it. And then we're going to have a conversation with Rhonda Novak. She's going to talk about what she does to help people get prepared. So my first guest, I'm going to welcome her to the show, is Ms. Stephanie Bolden from Lift Fund. How are you doing, Stephanie? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. You know, I had to invite you. We got you talking the other day. Matter of fact, I'm not only not going to fight you, I'm going to give you some applause. <laughs> because right. the other day when Thanks. we were talking and you were telling me what Lift Fund does, I, I just thought it was outstanding. So why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself and introduce your organization, and then we'll start having this conversation about getting funded. Great. Well, Lift Fund is uh, well. I'm the loan administrative officer for Lift Fund, and we are a nonprofit that provides small business loans to startups and, ex- and existing businesses. And we've been in, recently expanded to Georgia as of May. That's when I've gotten here. And right now my job is to inform the community of the option of for their small business that, to let them know that they have another option to get their business funded. So you said okay. you just recently got here to this market. What, what market were you in before? Actually, we were in Texas. That's where we originated in 1994. We got established mm-hmm. in Texas, and I'm coming right now out of Louisiana, and I've been in Louisiana since 2009. And when this opportunity became available, I jumped on it, and I wanted to let Georgia community know that they have another financial option. So you want to get here to whole hot Atlanta, huh? Come on, yeah, come on, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, all right, all right. So let's talk about the products and services that you offer then, you know. Um, like right now, the reason why I say that is because all of a sudden everybody's trying to get into small business lending, you know, uh, the big banks are, some of the other micro lenders. So let's talk about what Lift Fund has to offer that um, you feel is just the greatest thing ever, the reason why you're working for them. Well, what do they offer Okay, we actually mm-hmm. partner with banks, and we offer mm-hmm. loans such as um, startup loans from $500, and they can go up to 500000 And right now, um, 
500,000, yes. Wow. And loans over 250 to 500,000, they they must involve real estate. However, um we can we're here to provide them a viable option. You know, because sometimes they're not able to go to estate. a bank. Uh-huh. When you say must involve real estate, what does that mean? What that means is you mean like that like a 504 I'm purchasing like I'm purchasing a no, building or something? Um, or? They are going yeah. to be occupying that business. Say, for instance, they're trying to purchase a building to operate in. They now, they've been renting, okay, and now they want to you. purchase the building to operate. And that now they have that option. They can come through us to do that. Okay. But we partner okay. with banks um, to do um, many of our loans. Say, for instance, an individual may go to a bank, and they're not able to get financing through banks. The banks may refer them to us. could be for the reason that they are a startup. And the bank may not look at an individual who, has, who does not have two years of financials. That is something that we can mm-hmm. definitely look at. And if it may be wow. an industry that the bank is not familiar with or not comfortable lending to, they can refer them to us. So that's how we work with banks. Yeah. Is this anywhere in Georgia or just in Atlanta? No, it's actually throughout Georgia. Throughout Georgia. However, in the metro Atlanta area, we do, um, we're able to open up all of our products to that area. So we have various so products. What are your, your, so what are, your, what are your top products? You say you have a lot of products. What are some of your top products? Well, um, most people we are. do have that. We have the startup loans. We have, um, mm-hmm. wh- right now we do have an I-10 loan for um, immigrants. Um, we have loans for people who are trying to purchase um, equipment for their business, the equipment loans. So if they need to purchase equipment, we can finance that equipment for them. So they have that option to come through us to do that. And we, we're going to look at several factors when considering them for a loan. The first is the character. And, of course, that's based on your credit. And I am going to be the advocator mm-hmm. for that individual. So basically um, how they work with me, if I have a difficult time working with them to get the document together, that's a good indication that if something should happen with that loan, I may have a difficult time collecting. And, you know, so I'm the one that so will I, be working directly with them. Yeah. So then I should we probably show the, up with some Krispy Kreme donuts or something when I come to see yeah. you. Bring some donuts and flowers and stuff. All right. All right. All right. You said, then you look at what? Capacity. You look at the capacity. Yeah. Our goal is to help you. So what that means is that if I find that you don't have the ability to pay for that loan, I'm not going, I'm not out there just to, you know, throw money at you. I want to make sure that this is something that you can handle. I don't want to give you that. I want to make sure that this is something that you're comfortable with and we feel that you have the ability to pay us back. Then I'm going to look at your capital. This is your personal investment. What have you put into this business? If you have not invested anything, how can you expect me to be willing to invest in you? Then collateral. And this can be... um, Collateral could be the equipment that you've already purchased for the business. And like I said, we are able to Mm -hmm. use equipment that you intend for us to purchase. And we're also going to consider the condition because we know that um, 
say, for instance, when the real estate market was in crisis, would that have been a good time for us to invest in additional purchasing of additional real estate? So those things have to be taken into consideration. So those are some factors that we look at when we are um, considering a loan. Okay. So tell me, you know, you got people coming to you all the time. What are, you know, maybe uh, even though Ron and I are going to probably talk about this a little later, but what are, like, the top mistakes that people make when they come to you and they're seeking funding? Well, first, customers don't often know their credit score, and I don't want to be the one to tell Mm -hmm. them. I always encourage an individual, the first thing you should do is pull your credit. You know what's on it, and then you can tell me. Because if I'm going to, once I pull it, I don't want to have to be the one to deny you because there was something that you were not aware of. So it's always the wise course to um, make sure that you've pulled your credit and also that you have a business plan in place. So that's always good to know. Okay. Those are three factors. Credit. Now, we had a conversation about this during our workshop last week about this whole credit score thing. So if they're going to pull, get their own credit report pulled, where do you suggest they should get it from? A lot of times people are saying, I'm going to use Credit Karma, use some of these other places. What do you suggest as a resource for them to get their credit pulled from? Well, I like to go to freecreditannualreport.com because mm-hmm. that way you can get all three, get access all three. But our company only um, subscribes to TransUnion. That's the only one that we're going to pull. So I would always suggest that they pull that and review it, but it doesn't hurt to have access to all so that way if there's something that's reported incorrectly you can get that adjusted now um, oh and i you work with other banks okay go ahead i wanted to mention that when we're looking at your credit we are we do not have a minimum credit score that we're focused on we're more focused in what Mm -hmm. got you to that credit score so what that means is you can have an 800 credit score but if there was something that recently charged off, you're, you would be denied because it's important that you're paying your bills on time, and this is a test of your character. And it may be that, you know, something happened, you know, um, mm-hmm. recently, and you just have to get back on track. The other thing is that when we are looking at your credit, we look at the last, well, for certain products, I should say. Um, for certain products, we look at the um, last six months of your credit. Um, okay. And then for other larger loans, we're going to look at the last two years because we do have also SBA products that um, mm-hmm. we're, we're larger loans, and we have to look at the last two years. And if for those instances, we're going to make sure that if there's anything on there, SBA would require that you may be neglected SBA would require that you kind of clean those up. Like if there was a charge off, they would want to have those paid, mm-hmm. things like that. So basically what you're saying, looking at the last six months, if I go to one of these credit cleaning services and have somebody working on my credit, you'll be able to see that that's what happened, and it won't really be a good reflection of my credit history then is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, we don't truly recommend those things because um, they do show back up. Especially, say, for instance, um, you applied for a loan with us and then you come back and it, mm-hmm. we're going to pull you credit again in six months if you're reapplying. Mm-hmm. 
And if I see that, mm-hmm. say, when you applied, you had uh, 700 and now you've gone down to 599 and I'm going to wonder what happened, you know, and then you've passed mm-hmm. to divulge what you had done, that you'd actually gone to one of those um, companies and had it wiped. But, you know, so it's so important that when you are correcting your credit, it is accurate, you know, that you're actually um, having the correct things removed and it's not just a quick fix to get a loan. Okay. So um, so you got some great products out there. You're new to the ATL and you got a lot of money to give away. That's what, that's what you're telling me, right? We do, we do, and we've already started making loans. And I would love to have everyone just to check out our website. It's www.liftfund.com. Just check that out, and, you know, they'll find out other products that we have and how they can apply directly online. Okay. So, yeah, speaking of application, what is the process? And then I'll... So I'll let you wrap here. What is the actual process? I, I go to your website. I can apply online. Yeah. So what happens? What happens when I apply? Then I will be the one, since I'm the one in Georgia, I will be the one that will be contacting you. Um, and mm-hmm. I will basically um, review the application, pull your credit, and then give you a call back to let you know um, what you may qualify for. And that's another thing. Say, for instance, you apply for, um, um, say, a $50,000 loan after I've gotten the documentation and we've had a chance to verify um, the information, we may not see that, okay, you don't qualify for 50 based on your capacity. We may counter your offer and give you 25000 you know, because, okay. like I said, we want to yeah. make sure that you can pay us back. So, mm-hmm. But that's it. Once you do that, that, I will do one now. I guess that is important, that whole payback thing, you know. I guess that is yeah. kind of important. So, so if you want to give some pearls of wisdom to anybody coming to you for money, what would that be? Well, um, that wisdom is just make sure that you pull that credit. Know, it's so in, important that you know how much you want, first of all, because that's another thing. That's a, a key to me that you're, you're not ready. If you don't know how much you need when you're coming to me, you're not quite ready for that loan. So make sure you do that research first. All right. All right. All right. Tell us once again how to get in touch with you, and I'll let you go. You can call me directly at 504-373-9695 or visit our website at www.liftfund.com. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Capabilder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash cap builder talk. We hope you enjoy the show.